Today is the 17th of January. This is the last day of our period of group practice, beginning of the winter retreat. Tomorrow the schedule changes. When we come to a transition point like this, say the period of formal group meditation coming to an end and the schedule being more open or some people beginning solo retreat times. This kind of day is a prime situation where the mind creates a future. Looking forward to a change, dreading a change, creating all sorts of ideas, plans, expectations. The Dhamma is akaliko, timeless. It's not on the way to anything else. It's not over there, some other place, some other time. Sanditiko, apparent here and now, akaliko, timeless. These are not just words, these are indicating the reality. The Dhamma is not some other place once the routine has changed or when we're by ourselves in a kuti. How could it not be here and now? One of Lumpur Cha's most direct and profound teachings is that a samana, a religious practitioner, spiritual practitioner, has no future. We create the idea of time because of clocks and calendars, the movement of the planet and the stars. So we create time, buy into the perceptions of time. So this is the ideal opportunity to look at that, how the mind creates today, tomorrow, yesterday. But the direct experience of reality, this heart, this mind, this means whereby things are known, there's no time, it's ever-present. It's always absolutely now, akaliko, timeless. On a day like today, when the routine is about to change, the mind is primed to create plans and expectations, projections, attractive, off-putting, or just practical. Notice that, feel that. Bring to mind that quality of timelessness. This reflection of Lumpur Chas, a summoner, a spiritual practitioner, has no future. To the ego, the self, habits of self view, that can be threatening, off-putting, frightening, sounds like death. No future. 
kind of anthem of negativity. But it's a profound and direct teaching. The Dhamma is here and now, not somewhere else, not some other time. So we can look at these habits of creating time, creating a future. And we use these sorts of reflection on timelessness, on having no future, as a way to get a perspective upon that. The mind that creates later today, tomorrow, next week, next year. To explore that, feel that to challenge that, to let those becomings go. Ignorance and self-view create time, identity, location, and present them as absolute realities. We are here, Amravati, Hertfordshire, January the 17th, 8.36 in the morning. This is who I am. I am this personality, this body. This is mine. This is me, what I am. But the mind which knows time embodies the quality of timelessness. The mind that knows location is unlocated. The mind that knows identity is not a person, it's not personal. It's not a being, doesn't belong to a being. And this isn't just fanciful thinking or high-minded philosophy. If this is explored, the reality, the fundamental experience of each moment, this is what's revealed. That which knows form is formless. The mind that knows physical structures has no physical form. The mind that knows time is timeless, ever-present. The development of insight is the strengthening of that trust. Trusting that quality of knowing, of awakened awareness. Knowing forms, taking shape, dissolving. Knowing the world of things, time, identity, location, concepts. Knowing them as patterns of experience, patterns of perception, coming and going and changing. That's all. Not a person, not belonging to a person. In each moment, no thing really 
comes into being. We say things arise, but it's not truly accurate. It's constantly changing patterns of perception, and some qualities that we call things hold together longer than others. A word lasts a shorter amount of time than a building, but they just arise and pass away like any other perception. A building comes together, falls apart. A word begins and ends. The air vibrates. A molecule of oxygen, nitrogen, carbon dioxide vibrates for a moment. That's all. And no things really come to be when we say person or building, temple, microphone, retreat. These are convenient fictions, approximations that we use for the purpose of communication. That's all. There aren't really any things, just patterns of perception, coming, going, changing. A perception of what we call outside, the frost on the grass, the clear blue sky, perceptions of what's inside, a memory, an emotion, an excitement, an irritation. What are these but patterns of perception? Seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, feeling, thinking, emoting. Patterns of consciousness, taking shape, dissolving, never really still for a moment. There's no thing coming to be, there's no thing ceasing to be. There's no birth and death to be brought to an end, no thing to be let go of because there really isn't anything that holds together. So when we talk of letting go, again an approximation, no thing can ever really be held possessed. There's that feeling, that attempt to grasp and to be a person, to be a nun or a monk, a woman or a man, a nationality, a name, a story. But it can't be held like the clouds forming and dissolving in the sky. Who can own them? Who can hold them? Who can control them? Impossible, ridiculous. It's just a flow of formations. And for a little bit they hold together and we say cloud, we say person, we say my life, we say Amravati. Theravada Buddhism holds together for a moment in a particular shape and then the shape changes, shifts, it's gone. So that which we call birth and death, beginnings and endings, these are just convenient ways of speaking. Conventions of communication, that's all. When the heart embodies the quality of vicha, 
awakened awareness, it knows those flows of perception, patterns of nature coming together, dissolving. It knows the world, but is not identified with the world, not limited by the world. Not owning the world, not burdened by the world, doesn't pick it up. The heart attuned to the world and its needs, unburdened, unstressed, unlimited by that. This is the ever-present reality, the timeless reality. The awake mind attuned to the way things are, the Buddha seeing the Dhamma. When the Buddha sees the Dhamma, what arises is the Sangha. When the awake mind attunes to the way things are, what arises is skillful action taking shape in an environment of peacefulness, contemplation, awareness. Skillful action arises as a response. But there's no person that's a doer, no owner of those actions. They're the natural responsiveness of the citta to the here and now reality, the perceptions of this moment. And we take this opportunity to look closely to explore those habits of self-creation, the habit of creating time, concepts, location, identity, cause and effect. The habits of mind that give those a false substantiality, a false solidity. As Lumpur would put it, Dhamma is outside of cause, above effect. Cause and effect depend on time. The Dhamma is timeless, it's outside of cause, beyond effect. Every concept, every word, physical structures, Language and number, all of these are mind's constructions, approximations. When they're not grasped, they're not given a false substantiality, a false solidity, the natural result of that is freedom, spaciousness, limitlessness. The heart free of grasping is the heart that knows peacefulness, simplicity. As soon as there's grasping, with time, identity, location, cause and effect, then limitation arises, alienation insecurity, 
they arise. When the grasping stops, the dukkha stops. Limitation, time, burden, all disappear. <laughs> 